0: Genesis 18. I hope I can be just as plain as I can be. It's hard to hard to hear anything sometimes. I hear anything unless it's impossible to hear anything unless the Lord speaks to us, but I want to be real plain. This morning we're going to look at the first few verses of Genesis 18. First uh, verse 15 verses, and we're going to look at the the generosity, the hospitality of Abraham. And then we're going to look at the Lord calling Sarah. She's an old woman. She was of age. She was 88 years old, and the Lord called her. And she rebelled against it. I pray the Lord call some old woman tonight, this morning. Pray I'm an old woman. He'd speak my name. I was barren, and I was unable, and it was just foolish for the thought that, it, that I'd even be saved, have life put in me. I prayed, to do that. It just might happen. It just might happen. Heart of the child of God. God's people are loving, and they are generous. They believe God. They believe His Word. They love the people of God, and around them may be loved ones that do not. I could have one of his children, and in his own country, and in his own home, they don't know God. They may be exposed to it. They may be agreeable to it. They may not fight it all the time, but they may laugh at God, and they fight back in their hearts. We know something of that. But I can tell you of a truth. If they are his, he will not lose one. And if they're breathing, there's hope. The Lord might just save them. He will reveal Himself to them. That's what I want to show you this morning, if you'll let me. Genesis 18, verse 1. I'm going to have you turn one place. I'll try to be short. I know I was long the last one. Genesis 18, verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked. And lo, three men stood by him. When he saw them he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground and said my lord if now i have found favor in thy sight pass not away i pray thee from thy servant let a little water i pray you be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree and i will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort your hearts after that ye shall pass on for therefore are you come to your servant And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened to the tent uh, unto Sarah and said, Make ready, quickly, three measures of fine meal. knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran to the herd and fetched a calf, tender and good, and gave it to a young man. And he hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? My lord be old also. And said unto Abraham, Where did Sarah laugh? Saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have. A son. Then Sarah denied, saying, "I laughed not, for she was afraid." And he said, "Nay, but thou didst laugh." Many people take this first few verses, these first eight verses, and they they preach on how we ought to be hospitable. We ought to have hospitality. Abraham's a great example of hospitality, and, and he ought to be. This is a good one. We ought to do these things, shouldn't we? That's our reasonable service. In Romans 12, Paul wrote to us, he said, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. Abraham was given to hospitality. And do you know what? That's a requirement for a bishop, for someone that holds the office. An elder is the man, a bishop is the office, and and a a pastor is the the ministry. That's the work he's going to do. You all know that. You've been told it, I know. But a bishop, it's required of them. Paul told Timothy that. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality. you're going to have somebody run the office of a bishop, oversee a church, they're going to have to be given to hospitality. Well, what about the deacons? Those that wait tables and take a trash out. It says in 1 Timothy 3.8, likewise also the deacons. <laughs> they're going to be given to hospitality. Well, what about the elders? Those that preach. But a lover of hospitality... He says they must be a lover of hospitality. We read here in Genesis 18 verse 2, And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground. Why did he go up and bow? One of these was different than the other two. The Lord has appeared to Abraham several times so far, hasn't he? Melchizedek has come to him, gave him the Lord's table. He brought unleavened bread and wine he knew what he looked like. This guy looked familiar. There's something about him. He bowed himself down and said, My Lord, my Lord, verse 3, If I have, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. He said, If I have found grace in the eyes of the Lord, pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. And he could say, we sang these other songs too. Lord, abide with me. <laughs> if you're here now, stay. Stay. Don't leave me. And he said, verse 4, let a little water, I pray, you be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Don't leave. If I found grace in your sight, stay here with me. Make us last a little longer. Wash your feet. Wash your feet. That's what, when you come into a house, they wash their feet so they could come into the house. The house didn't get dirty, right? They intended to stay. This wasn't just a jogging through. Turn over to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. We might see this anew, I pray, for the first time. I know we've we've read these things before. I hope we can see it like, how long has that been there? Did you see that? How long has that been there? I hope this is fresh to us. Here in Luke 7, that woman came with an alabaster box of ointment to anoint our Lord. And it says in verse 43, I'm sorry, verse 44, Luke seven forty-four. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears. Well, she ain't got no water either. Yeah, she's got some tears in her. That'll work. And wiped them with the hairs of her head. She didn't have a towel to wipe his feet. That's excuses. <laughs> Use what the Lord's gave you, what he's put in your hand to do. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. This is the one that Simon was so mad at. He said, if this was a real prophet, he would know that was a sinner and he wouldn't let that woman touch him like that. He says in verse 47, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Why, <laughs> she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. That's who been loves the most. The ones that's been loved most. Those that forgive most are the ones that's been forgiven most. Those that give of themselves are the one that the Lord gave Himself for. I mean, hold hardly, not not play around, and talk about it. I mean, get it done, buddy. They follow Him. They lay down their life. Give them all they got. Now back in our text, this great patriarch, that was a tradition. When you come in somebody's house, the lowest servant washed feet. We'll see in a minute our Lord doing that. But this great patriarch, Abraham. Everybody knows Abraham, don't they? He's in a bunch of religions. They know him. That's what a friend told me one time. He's in a bunch of religions. I said, that's, a child, that's God's prophet. <laughs> this great man, our father Abraham. Verse 4 says, let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. He humbled himself. He washed the Lord's feet. Those visitors that came, it, is, it says, we may entertain angels unawares. I think we, I think we've done that before. I think I know what that is. And because the Lord said that the angels, they enter, they are interested in that. Can you believe that? You imagine an angel coming to where the gospel was preached? That gets me. I can't enter into that. And they just hide in the back and listen. I want to hear what they got to say. What are they going to say? Christ. Oh boy, that's wonderful. I tell you what, if you entertain an angel unawares, they're not going to be upset by hearing the gospel. They're going to be tickled to death to hear it. Tickled to death here by the Lord. But this great patriarch, he humbled himself, and to those he was entertaining, he washed their feet. I want to get to verse 14, but this chapter is just bursting with gems. This field is full of fine jewels. What a picture of our Lord. He was the almighty God. Abraham's a mighty fella. He's a big deal. And He washed their feet. The Almighty God in human flesh washed His disciples' feet. He said, For, because I have given you an example that you should do also as I have done to you. Verily I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. You mean i got to humble myself? We're not literally watching people's feet. <laughs> that's... that's uh, Primitive Baptist did that when I was growing up. And everybody washed their feet real good before they went to church. Did you know that? They cleaned themselves up. That's well, if you go wash my feet, I'm going to get my feet clean. You know, you don't want to see nasty. I want you to see the bad side of them. That's not what we're talking about. If you humble yourself, if you give yourself to serving the Lord because He loves you, you're happy if you do him. You're happy to love. You're happy to serve. You're happy to wash. Well, if the Lord said, hey, I want you to wash their feet. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I will be glad to. Christ washes the feet of His children, those He loves. And we're made to rest under a sturdy shade tree, aren't we? We're made to lie green pastures in comfort and in contentment. You who love the Lord and you get weary of this world. Abraham didn't want him to go away. He said, I'll provide anything I can. I want to stay in your company as long as I can. You that love the Lord, that He loved first, you that are just weary of this world, like, I don't, even, I don't even want to talk about it. Like, is it going, some bad stuff happened? Of course it is, yeah, but ugh. Talk about something good. Well, on something good. You get weary of it. And you've had an opportunity to fellowship. And I don't mean sitting around talking religion, I mean true fellows in the same ship. Truly really have something in common with somebody. I'm just a worthless sinner. I know nothing. I'm incapable. I'm dead. Christ saved me. I love him. He's loved me first. He's loved you, and I want to be with you. You're my family. You're at a conference or you're at a cookout. It don't matter. You don't want to leave. When you truly have fellowship, when you get to sit around and just not forced and, but with the Lord's people, when His children are gathered together, boy, it's comfortable and you don't want to leave. You don't want them to leave. You desire that precious time with those that Christ dwells in. Is Abraham any different? Ain't no different, is he? Look at verse 5. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort your hearts. <laughs> After that ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. Abraham had a desire in his new heart to serve the Lord and to be in the presence of the Lord and to be with the Lord's people. He had a desire for that. To do what was given in his hand to do. He didn't say, I'm going to build you a helicopter. He didn't have a helicopter. He had morsels of bread. He had some butter. That's what he did, didn't he? And he did it, and he did it as unto the Lord. Why did he do it to them as unto the Lord? Because it was the Lord. You get a job. You go to work. You work that job. If you're unpacking boxes down at Albertsons, you do it as unto the Lord. Why? Because it's the Lord to put you there. He gave you that job. He gave you that work. He gave you that boss. And, and Why well, well, they're mean, well, love them to Christ. <laughs> You love in you? love them. And they'll either, they'll either say, where do you go to church? What, what, what's, what's going on down there? Or they'll get so mad, they'll quit and go away from you. Love them. Love and work as if you're doing it to the Lord. And Abraham did. Look here at verse 6. Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah. Did he lollygag? He didn't. He was diligent. He wasn't lazy because he was God's man and he hastened. He hastened unto the tent unto Sarah and said make ready quickly three measures of fine meal knead it and make cakes upon the hearth it was the heat of the day that's what it said wasn't it he was sitting in the door of the tent during the heat of the day What the part of the day about three three thirty isn't it that sun starts it's baked in there after high noon and that heat starts coming out of the ground and you're getting hit with the sun it's hot it was in the heat of the day breakfast was over dinner was over Sarah was doing some stuff. It wasn't time to start fixing supper yet. She was probably busy. Middle of doing chores, mending stuff. Something needed to be done. And Abraham walks in and says, you drop what you're doing and get to cooking. That weight had me. (laughs) She did it, didn't she? Somebody's here. We've got guests. Get after it. She was given hospitality too. She was trained well. We'll see that next week. She did it, and he told her, he said, You do three measures. Why was it three measures? Well, there was three people, wasn't there? Don't shortchange them. Don't mix some sand in there and make it go a little farther. He said, You give them three full measures, a full measure each. Don't shortchange them. Of what's going to be a fine meal, fine corn meal. You get that stuff in a box, and that it's just like powder. You know, that's fine because a machine did it. But if you had a mortar and pestle and you get that dried corn heads in there and you start trying to make meal, you're going to get tired. <laughs> well, that stuff in the middle, that good stuff, fine stuff, that's what you worked hard for. But all that stuff around the edges, the bigger chunks, well, that'll be all right. We can give that to the chickens or we can make some cornbread out of it. You'll bust a tooth, won't you? <laughs> he said, you give them the best we have. You give them a full. Give them the best we have. Don't make mediocre cornbread. Verse 7 says, And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it to a young man and he hasted to dress it. Which one you want me to kill, Abraham? He said, take that one. That's the best one we got. He said, well, now hold on now. You got some passers through. You got some visitors coming? Well, we got one back here that ain't real good breeding stock. It'll taste fine. And it, it's got one leg a little shorter than the other one. You know, it's, it's it's coat ain't coming in right. It's a little different colored on one side. Maybe I should use that for the guests. Absolutely not. No, you get the best. A tender and good calf. And it was a calf too, an old ruddy steer. You get you I don't know if y'all ever went deer hunting, but if there was a big, old, massive, strong, ruddy buck standing a big 10-point brilliant looking and there's a little year old doe next to it which one would you want to shoot i tell you what that doe tastes a whole lot better <laughs> you want to shoot he said you get a good calf a tender calf a good one and abraham gave the best he had he gave her the first fruits and the finest fruits and here's just good instruction you going to get something for the lord's house or for his people you you do one ply toilet paper at home if you have to, so you can give two ply to them. I couldn't of any other examples. If you want to do something for the Lord's house, if I'm going to put an air conditioner in at my house, I'll get the generic one. If it, if I'm going to put one in here, it's going to be a no brand, buddy. This is for the Lord. If you know him, you'll be those. So you don't shortchange You won't rob him. And Abraham didn't. <clears throat> Growing up, my pastor, right before he retired. Right before he retired, you think about that. There's a lot of widows that's given themselves to the gospel and the furtherance of the gospel and, and they're just so easily forgotten about. I pray the Lord make us strong, grow us, make us young, a young church that's strong and works hard and we're able to provide for them. But uh, my pastor, who's retired, just couldn't do it anymore. And someone went and bought him a brand new car. And he said, well, why don't you just give me that other one you have and you take this one. And that man said, how about this? He said, how about whenever you wear it out, then I'll drive it, not the other way around. Well, he prompted, well, I don't need that no more. Why don't you just give it to God's servant? <laughs> give him old ruddied up stuff, rusted junky stuff. And that man said, how about the other way around? That man told his son about it. He instructed his house well. That's what he did. That's what we ought to do. That's what Abraham did. He took the best. Verse 8 says, and he took butter. That took a lot of churning, didn't it? Butter and milk and the calf. Which he addressed and set it before them, and he stood by under the tree, and they did eat. We ought to give all we have to the one that gave his all for us. So, is that reasonable? Isn't that reasonable? That's reasonable. All right. Now we're going to change gears. That's what everybody. I want to touch on that. I couldn't let it go. Couldn't skip over it. We're we'll going to look at Sarah. The Lord appeared to Abraham several times over this since he called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. And I know for a fact Sarah was informed of the word of the Lord. I know they had good communication in that house. Good instruction was between Abraham to Sarah. I know that. How can I know it? Look at verse 19. Genesis 18 verse 19. We'll look at this next week, Lord willing. But he says, Lord speaking of Abraham. And he said, for I know him. He will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. The Lord said, I know him. I love him. And Abraham's going to command his house, and he's going to, those that are after him, and they're going to keep the way of the Lord. Well, I just, I couldn't get over it this morning. I woke up and that was fresh to me. Isn't that a beautiful picture? In the home, in the local assembly, and in the body of Christ throughout time. You think about Abraham. For our benefit. If Abraham didn't stick to the word of the Lord, no matter who got upset about it in his house, who was another believer at that time that's recorded in scriptures? Uh, would you and I know the gospel if Abraham wasn't faithful to the Lord's word? If the Lord didn't make him faithful? That was the means the Lord was pleased to use, wouldn't it? I hope, I pray I'm diligent in my home to my children, to tell them and to command them and the household after the Lord. And so keep the way of the Lord. I pray in this building we have right now, this local assembly, that I'm able to keep the way of the Lord and command this household after him. Why? Because Christ our high priest. He commands his household, doesn't he? Does he bend and give? Is he wishy-washy? Absolutely he's not. He sticks to his word, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I will not be made just like him. <laughs> I won't stick to his word. Not my word, his word. my word. I give you my word, it may be gone in 30 seconds. If I give you his word, it ain't going to fail. It ain't going to fail. But the Lord appeared to Abraham. Sarah knew what was going on all these years. In verse 19, he says, For I know... He, or I'm, uh, Sarah was never... There whenever the Lord visited. Lord visited Abraham several times, but was never there. And this time she was in earshot of the man that she'd been hearing all about. Lord would meet with and appear to Abraham, and Abraham would go home and tell his bride. And she finally, she said, that's the fella for all these years Abraham's been talking about. So she hid behind the tip door, and she listened. She said, now, I'm not going to go out there, but I'm sure going to peek in and hear what they got to say. Verse 9. And they said unto Abraham, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. The Lord was speaking to the head of the house. The bride heard her name. Christ is the head of the church. He deals with the Father on our behalf, doesn't he? There's, there's communication there between them. There's a covenant of grace that was established between them. But our name's brought up. His name is written in the Lamb's wife. And oh, if we could just hear Him. Oh, if we could just hearken to His promises that He makes. First time Sarah heard this from the Lord. This is the first time she's ever heard from Him. Not just a man speaking to her. Not just her husband talking to her. God spoke to her. God said her name. Look at verse 10. Here's what He was telling Abraham. He declared, He said, I "I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind them. What did she hear? She heard her name, right? What did she hear? That life is going to be put in her. That's impossible. Life's going to be put in her. She heard her name and that life was going to be put in her. <laughs> Brethren, life will be put into us only when the Lord comes to us personally. And there's a time according to life, it will happen. There's an appointed time. I can scream. Live, my bones, live. Them bones ain't gonna eyelash. They'll just sleep on, old slugger, won't they? <laughs> but if I say it and God speaks to me, God speaks to your heart, I can't do nothing for you and cry with you. God speaks to your heart, life's gonna be there. That's impossible, isn't it? <laughs> He comes to us personally. He said in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Now I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. So the Lord's telling me, I'm going to come back. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. God told Abraham his covenant over and over and over and over again, didn't he? For 23 years. Back then it would have seemed impossible. How are we going to have life? How's a child going to be born? But now it's even more impossible, isn't it? They were old. Look at verse 11. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, because she's looking at carnal things, physical things, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. Within herself. That means it didn't happen out loud, did it? It was only a smile. Physically. She said, I've been doing this same thing for 23 years. Lord's going to put life on me now? That's crazy. Ha, ha, ha. Physically, it seems impossible and hard to imagine. But you think about Spiritually. This is the first time Sarah's ever heard the Lord call her by name. She's heard all about the Lord. This is the first time she's heard His voice. And God's going to save her. He's going to put life in her at 80-some years old. She's had a husband walking with God for 23 years. That's God's prophet on this earth. And Lord said, I'm going to put life in me." I'm walking around. Of course I'm alive. Is that? Did she smirk? Does that make you smirk? Does that make me smirk? What if today the Lord revealed himself to me? Lord, if you haven't revealed yourself to me in the past, do it today. Do it today. Lord, if I don't know you, let me know you today. Well, what about yesterday, Kevin? You preach and do all, you travel the country preaching. And I don't care about yesterday. I need Christ right now. Or do I go, <laughs> I've been saved for 23 years in the world. There is a heart that God gives people. It's humble and it needs Christ. All day, every day. Like a little child. Like a little child. It don't get old hat. It don't get, oh, I've heard that 15 times. I wonder what I'll make for Sarah. I think the Eagles are playing next week. No, they need him. Lord, show yourself us, to, us today. Verse 12 says, For Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also, a sin that was. What unbelief that was. What rebellion. She was just dealing on the inside. That's horrible, isn't it? How many times have I just... The Lord's going to use us mightily here to call out His people in this county that He's put us and what He's put in our hands to do. I don't see how that's going to happen. Me... What unbelief I've had. Christ bore all of our sin in his body on a tree, and he did it for his bride. All sin and guilt was dealt with by the Father in him. All of my unbelief, all of my smirks, all of my laughing on the inside was laid on him. And he addressed that with the head of the house, not with Sarah. Abraham uh, was dealt with here. He didn't speak to Sarah. Aren't you thankful that the Lord dealt with his son and not you? I'm thankful it was laid on him. I can't bear it. He could. Verse 13 says, The Lord said to Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child when I'm old? He did Sarah, why did you laugh? He said, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Here's the answer as a rhetorical question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? is anything. What what does that encompass? Anything. Is it it impossible for the Lord to save a woman that's well up in her 80s and been going to church for 25 years to save her that day? Is that too hard? Is it hard for the one that created the heavens and the earth and the, the oxygen molecules that's going in and out of our lungs right now? Is it impossible for Him to physically put a child in her? Is it impossible... Is it possible with the Lord for me to take my next breath? Is it possible for Him to keep all His promises and Him to bring me to Himself and preserve me and keep me forever and make me just like His Son? Is there anything that's too hard for the Lord? And when we take our burdens to the Lord, why wouldn't we take them to Him? Is this burden too hard for Him? (laughs) That's one of those pieces of... Hard candy, you just waddle around and enjoy for a long time, dwell on it. You don't speed read the scriptures. Is anything too hard for the Lord? He repeats himself, tells that promise once again because the promise ain't changed. At the appointed time, I'll return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Did Sarah cry out? She heard her name, she heard the power. Of the Lord. The truth of God. Did she cry out and say, let, it, let God be true and every man a liar. Her appointed time of belief was not yet come. She was obedient to her husband. She followed him all over the modern world, didn't she? She's a good lawyer. She made cakes when he said make them. She made them out of the type of cornmeal he told her to make them out of. She fixed good biscuits at 3 p.m. But look at verse 15. Sarah denied. Denied. Now she hadn't been spoken to yet. <laughs> she denied, saying, I laughed not. Which is true, she didn't laugh out loud, did she? But she laughed in herself. But God looks on the heart. Why'd she do that? Why would someone in open rebellion cry out and deny God when he's speaking to them? For she was afraid. She was afraid. She didn't fear the Lord. You get that? It doesn't say she had feared, she feared him. She didn't honor him. She didn't respect him. She was afraid. She was scared. I'm going to be caught underneath the law. I'm going to face judgment. I've got to find an eject button, buddy. i got to get out of this aircraft. She was afraid of punishment. She didn't bow. She bucked. But quickly, this Lord that called her by name, this Lord that is holy, He speaks to her. And He said, Nay. Thou didst laugh. I didn't laugh. She denied. She was afraid and feared. What did the Lord say that Holy Comforter was going to do? The Holy Spirit's going to come to us and convict us of sin. Isn't it? He said, No, no, no. Nay, you did laugh. You laughed within yourself. Convicted of sin. How does this end up? <laughs> Lord called her name. Got her attention. Removed that dressings of things, that dressing of flesh that hid her unbelief. Called her out. Showed her what she was. Spoke to her. thing too hard for the Lord. I'm going to put life in you, Sarah. I'm going to put life in you. And he said he's going to do it. Well, she refused him. She didn't accept him. Didn't matter. What well, we looked at earlier. I that one right there. I grabbed a hold of. He loved her. He didn't care if she would going to accept it or not. He a hold of her. And he gave his word. He promised. Turn over to Genesis 21. Here's the end state of this. The Lord rebuked her sharply. And he said, oh no, you lied. You sure did laugh. Here's the end state of all of this. Genesis 21, verse 6. Sarah gave birth to... A son. One more and more every day. The word of the Lord's true. And what he says is going to come pass. That seems so simple. I don't know, Kevin, we know those things. No, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to, to have it just laid down, foundation in your heart. What he says is going to come pass. The Lord said, I'm going to, You're going to have a son. And you know what happened? Sarah had a son. She had a son. Verse six, And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh. So that all here will laugh with me. What's that mean? Didn't you laugh? She denied. Me. She on her. Note, she's laughing now. She said, "I'm a fool. I was an absolute fool. I was just playing and doing what I th- I thought was right and what I saw fit and what I judged my whole life. I thought having life me was too hard, or it was already done, or it was too late, or this had already been dealt with, determined years ago." And she. Said, Verse 7, who would have said Abraham Abraham, that Sarah should have given children suck? Natural man wouldn't say that. God did. Natural man wouldn't look grown-ups in the eye that's old and say, I hope God saves you. Natural man wouldn't say, Lord, I've, I've been in your presence. I've heard your word for 23 years. God saved me. There's no way. What did David say? Lord, save. Well, wasn't that his king? Yeah, ain't nothing changed. <laughs> he needed a savior, didn't he? Man can dissect Sarah's times of believing and unbelieving and all that. Like, well, she should have done this, should have done that. Well, she'd been doing this, doing that. And uh, But what does God say? That's what's important in it. Hebrews 11, it says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. That's unbelievable to me. That crushes me. A wretched worm like me that's so wavering, and my faith so little, and and I I laugh and smirk when I ought not laugh and smirk, and uh, I'm serious when I ought to be gentle. I'm just all kinds of backwards. I'm just a hot mess. And that final day, the Lord's going to look upon me and all those that he died for, and said, look at that strong faith. He trusted me. He was great, good and faithful servant. Look how wonderful he did. Why? The Lord put life in me. How can a sinner stand before a holy God? God's got to put life in them. They must be born again. It's his workmanship. You see that? Oh, that God would make us old laughing women. Because nothing's too hard for the Lord. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. I, I always think of songs. I like music. A man wrote a song one time. He said, "I am an old woman named my mother," <laughs> and I thought man, that's so weird. He wrote. He had women sing it, you know. He sang it too, and I thought that's just weird. I don't like his version of it. But you know what? I'm gonna be a bride one day. I'm gonna be like, I don't know, they're gonna be male or female, but the Lord's our husband. He's our Redeemer, our kinsman Redeemer, and there's gonna be a wedding feast. Well, Kevin, you're a man. You've got a beard. Well, you're going to give that up too. You're going to bow to him if you want to be in his presence, ain't you? What's it going to be like? I don't know, but it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be right because he's going to be there. That life that was put in me is going to be life standing right in front of me. And I want to be with him. So I hope that was a break. In my head, that was the same thing as the last hour. It just all i was shifting gears. It was a running over. I hope that was good too. All right. Father, thank you for this hour. Lord, so many times we hear your word. We hear your promises, Lord, and on our inside we smirk and laugh or laugh and or if we believe, help our unbelief. Prove your word to us. Prove yourself to us, Lord, allow us to see your power, work mightily as you promised you will. Lord, if you have a people in this area, save them. knit us together with them. Sew us together, Lord. Make us one body. Lord, if you haven't saved us, save us now. Allow us to see Christ high and lifted up one more time. Forgive us for what we are, Lord. Be with those that you've sent trial to. Be with our brother D and his family, those children, and Moose and Sandy. What a great opportunity you've given them in that congregation to see Christ working on the center. Allow us to weep with them also, Lord. Thank you for this day. Be with us as you promised you will be. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen.